0: Welcome to the Hindsight Decision Makers podcast. Here we dive into what's on the minds of the women and men who make the state of New Hampshire tick.
1: And here is your host, Patrick Hines of Hines Communications. Hi, I'm Patrick Hines. Today our guest is State Senator Jeb Bradley. Jeb Bradley from Wolfboro has represented District 3 in the New Hampshire Senate since 2009. He currently serves on the Capital Budget Committee, the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, and the Health and Human Services Committee. Senator Bradley served in the State House of Representatives from 1990 to 2002. He served in the U.S. House of Representatives from 2004 to 2006. Bradley earned his B.A. from Tufts University in 1974, and he's an avid hiker. Without further ado, Here's my interview with Senator Jeb Bradley. First off, Senator, how is the Granite State doing in your mind when it comes to confronting the COVID-19 pandemic? What have we done that is working? And is there anything we need to improve?
0: Yeah, I think that under Governor Sununa's leadership, Um, we have done as good a job as possible managing what's a very difficult situation and obviously several hundred people have perished in New Hampshire um, and and that's a tragedy um, clearly but there's a reason why the virus is called the novel coronavirus because it's new we've had to learn a lot about it and our knowledge level is much greater you know at the end of October than it was in mid-march when governor sununa was forced to shut down much of you know much of the economy so the big issues i think that have allowed us to manage it as well as we can the governor's done a great job getting protective gear for health care workers we've done a great job of getting up a testing network and we're testing over you know in the range of seven or eight thousand people a day now um our hospital capacity everybody thought that you know, that was gonna be a major problem. Um, there are only maybe 20 to 25 people on average hospitalized for COVID right now. And the fourth thing that's really important um, is practicing social distancing. I think people in New Hampshire have responded, responded without, you know, a mandate that then some people would, you know, rebel against and you'd have to enforce it to wear masks. People are wearing masks, they're social distancing, They're you know, they're being cautious. And so I think that's allowed us to manage pretty well. Our percent of positive rate is still well under 1%, even though the number of cases has gone up, it's because the amount of testing has also gone up. Um, So, you know, as we get into, you know, next year, I think the key question is, how do you continue to manage, but also continue To get the economy open because that's critically important to people in their lives that they are able to get back to work that kids are able to go back to school i mean there are going to be times that we're just like the governor did earlier this week you know shut down hockey rinks temporarily we're going to have to respond to things as they come up but at the same time we've got to be moving in that direction as we have for the last several months of getting people back to work that's got to be a priority. Managing risk and managing the risk of shutdown go hand in hand. You can't do one at the exclusion of the other.
1: Let's look ahead to 2021. What kinds of plans does the Senate have for dealing with the COVID 19 crisis in the upcoming session on the healthcare side?
0: Well, I think the most important thing, Patrick, is to make sure that we're not passing expensive mandates you know, on to businesses. I mean, this is what the debate in this election cycle, you know, 10 days from now is coming down to. Our Democratic colleagues want to pass an income tax. They voted for an income tax. They are claiming it's not an income tax, but it's a tax on wages. <laughs> the legislation said it very clearly. And so it's things like that that are really vitally important to maintain that competitive advantage. We were fortunate that um, business taxes are not going to go up automatically on January 1st. I think that's important. We need to continue to make sure that uh, workers' compensation costs are on the downward trajectory as they have been for the last five years. We need to make progress on electric rates, which is always difficult. Healthcare costs, I mean, I think that You know, we need to make sure that we protect people from pre-existing conditions, which we have done in New Hampshire. Um, And and I, you know, really helped out with that effort um, in passing legislation that will do it. But at the same time, we need to drive down the cost of health insurance. And so, you know, things like allowing people to purchase health insurance across state lines, we ought to give that a shot. Um, associated health plans, in other words, allowing businesses to group together um, to get better volume discounts makes a lot of sense. So there are some reforms that we can pass without upending, you know, some of the insurance reforms that were part of the Affordable Care Act, like pre-existing conditions, like the fact that um, anybody ought to be able to purchase health insurance. I think that you know, there ought to be some bipartisan room for compromise on health care. I mean, not everybody just going into their respective corners. And quite frankly, I think we've broken the mold on that a little bit in New Hampshire with Medicaid expansion, with the governor calling for reimportation safely of prescriptions from Canada with the effort that we made to lower the cost of insulin, EpiPens, and generics. So I think you know, there's an opportunity to lower the cost of health care. And so those are the, you know, Patrick, those are the big issues. business taxes, workers' comp, electric costs, and health care. And we can't be passing expensive mandates, um, you know, onto small business owners. And so, you know, I'm wary of things like the minimum wage. I'm, I'm wary of, you know, some of the efforts that my Democratic colleagues would have rated the unemployment trust fund and driven up the cost of unemployment insurance or even things like the bill that they proposed last year that would have mandated an employer, um, give a schedule two weeks in advance to an employee. I mean, these are things that just drive up the cost of business and make New Hampshire less attractive. That has got to be a top priority. I think, you know, the reason that we've had budget surpluses for the last few years, It's because we have driven a strong economy. We got to continue to do that.
1: Now, you mentioned both taxes and the budget surplus. And the Tax Foundation this week ranked New Hampshire the sixth best small business tax climate. And it also rated us the best in New England. And of course, before the pandemic hit, we were operating right on budget, maybe even a little ahead of budget. Obviously, the pandemic has blown that up um what how do we fill that budget hole and keep our our preferred tax status
0: so i think a couple of things first of all the governor's instituted a hiring freeze so um that is i think going a long ways in um helping alleviate the cash crunch um the governor's also made it very clear to every department head that they can only spend what's absolutely necessary so it's you know, it's normal that you would spend 99% of your budget saving 1% just to have some room. Well, I think that a target, you know, should be 3 or 4% of a spent budget. That will help close any budget gap. And the third thing to recognize is while we were about $150 million short of the projections that were adopted, you know, before the pandemic, um, It was nowhere near as bad as people thought. And that was for fiscal year 2020, which ended, you know, on uh, June 30th. So far, fiscal year 2021, Patrick, we're six million dollars ahead of expectations. So that's, I think, good news. That doesn't mean we can rest on our laurels. The governor is going to manage effectively. As we come back into the legislative session, if we have to make adjustments in programs, I think we'll have to do that. Um, You know, people like myself, Senator Morse, and others have been through this before. We've gotten through it before, and we'll do it again. But I think, uh, as I keep stressing to everybody, go in the way that some people want to go, which is an income tax, possibly a sales tax, Even the House voted for a capital gains tax last year. They want higher business taxes. That's, you know, it's the wrong way to go if we want to be competitive. If we want to be like most of the other states in the Northeast, where they are very high-tax states, where jobs and businesses have a much tougher time of surviving and, in fact, are fleeing those states, then, you know, we need look no further than states like New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, um, which are problematic. We can't become like that in New Hampshire. Right now, during the pandemic, we're a mecca as people are coming here to escape some of those problems. And, you know, that's something we need to capitalize on.
1: Thank you. I um, can't thank you enough for your time, Senator. I um, really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Decision Makers. If you care about the issues driving conversation in New Hampshire, and you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends on social media and sign up at HeinzCommunications.com to receive notice of new episodes. Until next time, I'm Patrick Heinz.